So good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to February 1st, 2022. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which is 6.40 in the morning for me. Adjust it for your time zone. Mountain time is 7.40, Texas time is 8.40, and Michigan and East Coast time is 9.40. I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon, and I'm welcoming you to this TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. If you ever miss these calls, you can pick them up on Sound, S-O-U-N-D, Cloud, C-L-O-U-D, and put in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and TR90, and they will pop up. They are archived back nine-plus years. Uh, Between Frank and Brian Curry, I don't know what we would do without these two wonderful technical geniuses. Um, They're kind of our behind-the-scenes team that really help us, have been helping us out over the last several years. And I just... I'm very grateful for them, and I'm grateful for you joining me on the call this morning. So that TR90 program, when you're first starting out, is that good, clean, lean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, seven-plus servings of fruits and vegetables every single day. That, that fruits and vegetables give you micronutrients, macronutrients, and um, a lot of fiber, which is one of those underlying key components to this program. Taking your supplements 15 to 20 minutes before a meal is optimum. If you're not able to do that, do take it with your meals because it'll still work. It just won't be quite as effective as if you had taken it 15 to 20 minutes beforehand. Making sure to get seven to nine hours of rest daily, that is really key. Um, Not only does it help you get be well rested and make good decisions, but your body does a lot of system resets while you're sleeping so that you can really make positive movement forward the following day. And even a small sleep deficit can um, tie one up in knots, so to speak, because it does take a lot out of a person. And so it's really critical to get adequate sleep. 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise at least five days a week. If you've been following our friend Frank on his Facebook page, you will see a hashtag 1,389 days, no days off. Uh, He and Jennifer just posted a whole bunch of lovely pictures and they were having fun out and about doing part of their exercise, and he likes to post about that, and it's a great thing. So that's the exercise component. Staying uh, hydrated is another key thing to this. You want to make sure that you're drinking plenty of fluid fluid to stay hydrated, and the best fluid, of course, is water with, like, green tea and... uh, clear broths, and several other things coming in a close second and third. The current thinking is at least one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking no less than 50 ounces of water daily. If you're not up to where you need um, to be for water intake, 
start with wherever you're at and slowly build up to it. Your body will adjust to it. And it's a great habit to get into. One of the things that I always think is if I'm hungry, I always drink a glass, an eight-ounce glass of water first, wait a few minutes to see if I'm still hungry. And if I'm still hungry, it might be that I am hungry, but that's one way that I get my eight, uh, my quota of water in every single day. So that is one of the things that um, thirst actually starts showing up as that you might be hungry rather than as uh, as being thirsty because that dehydration kicks in as a hunger signal and when dehydration starts kicking in, it's really important to get those fluids up. And if you're not where you need to be for your seven to nine hours of sleep, you can start with wherever you're at, kind of monitor it, and then start going to bed 15 minutes earlier to, till your body adjusts to it till you get to what is really good and adequate sleep for you. With that being said, I'm always looking for additional information to share with us that helps support our TR90 lifestyle. And um, I'm sharing some information out of a book called That Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity, and Disease. It was written by Robert H. Lustig, MD, MSL, and uh, he's really scientifically based, which explains a lot of the underpinnings for the TR90 program and why some of the things are included into our program that are really important and that's why we kind of go over those at the beginning of each call. So sadly, drug therapy for obesity has hit the skids. It seems incredible that in the face of the relative lack of efficacy of lifestyle interventions, the ever-expanding knowledge of the physiology, physiology of energy balance and the veritable goldmine of successful candidates, most pharmaceutical companies have closed their obesity research programs. A new anti-cancer therapy that can show an increase in survival for four extra months can get FDA approval despite severe side effects, yet the bar has been set so high on obesity drugs that any that demonstrate even the slightest toxicity are doomed to failure. The FDA has, is tasked to do a cost-benefit analysis on every new drug. There are, are the potential side effects worth risk? The FDA commissioner, Margaret Hamburg, believes that obesity is about making healthy choices. Therefore, why would you need drugs? There are numerous medications for the diseases within metabolic syndrome, but virtually none targeting patients before their illnesses develop. The FDA has recently withdrawn three medications, ephedrine, uh, sibutramine, and phenylpropanolamine due to concerns over potential toxicity. Only Oralastat, otherwise known as Xenacol, or its over-the-counter version Ally, A L 
eye is still with us. It barely works and has adverse effects galore and is and is in a fight for its life over possible liver toxicity. The FDA recently voted down three combination drugs, although one of these, the phenytermine tropopyramate, or also known as uh, Qsyma, which is spelled Q-S-Y-M-I-A, made it through on the second trial in 2021. They just gave the go-ahead for Laura Castron in July of 2012. This leaves very few medical medications to talk about. Furthermore, obesity drugs don't have a great track record. Energy balance is so crucial to the survival that we want to hold on to our fat at any cost. Every obesity drug works for about four months, and then the negative plateau kicks in. Every drug has side effects, some of them serious. Each drug is tested in combination with a low-calorie diet. Therefore, every drug must currently be considered an adjunct to standard environmental modification which is not the way people use them in real life. You have to do the right thing anyway. (coughs) Obesity drugs work on different aspects of energy balance. Currently, the approaches are reducing calories eaten, which is the phentermine, reducing energy absorbed, or a listat, and increasing energy expended, nothing left here, and improving either insulin resistance, metformin, or suppression of insulin release, low-carb diet. While many new drugs are currently under study, many of them are attempts at targeted therapy. Proof of safety and efficacy are hard to come by. One reason is that obesity is not one disease but many, so each drug will work only in a percentage of people. Another reason is that the mechanisms to maintain your weight are redundant and strong, and so treating one pathway is often not enough. Many experts have abandoned the idea of a big blockbuster agent that will, quote, cure obesity, and have instead started advocating combination drugs that target different parts of the energy balance pathway. But that means drug companies would have to work together, which is like expecting Apple to love Microsoft. And that means no home runs, only the occasional single. Just as in baseball, don't expect pharmaceutical houses to invest the bankroll for a single hitter. In adults with comorbidities and in adolescents with extreme and life-threatening obesity, surgical therapy may be necessary. Bariatric surgery can not only promote weight loss, but also reverse type 2 diabetes and is up to 50% of patients and might help you live longer, but is virtually impossible to perform randomized control studies of bariatric surgery due to ethical concerns. You can't do a sham surgery on people and no studies 
take the causes or the mechanisms of the obesity into account. So the efficacy of targeting any approach to any given patient will continue to be suspect. Bariatric surgery is most effective in preventing the development of various comorbidities associated with obesity before they take hold, such as diabetes and obstructive sleep apnea. By the time you've developed these disorders, surgery may improve them, but will likely not reverse their presence. However, many insurance companies will not approve this procedure until you qualify for one of these life-threatening diseases. Also, if you want, if you wait until you are severely obese, more than 450 pounds, you are unable to have the surgery anyway, as you cannot fit in an MRI scanner, which is needed to observe your post-op progress. A catch-22. In adolescents performing surgery early in the game, only among the severely obese will likely add years to their lives. They may even be spared the ravages of metabolic syndrome. However, the insurance company will opt to wait as long as possible when the patient is no longer covered under his parents' insurance. Therefore, guidance is needed to determine the ideal circumstances when the balance of risk versus benefit favor health improvement and the reversion of complications, yet with the lowest risk of morbidity and mortality. Surgical outcomes in adults can vary between surgeons and institutions, and the only method to validate and refine the use of these procedures comes from the following from following patients carefully and long-term, which is of no use to patients undergoing surgery today. It is absolutely essential that bariatric surgery be performed in regionalized academic centers with programs equipped to handle the data acquisition, long-term follow-up, and multiple disciplinary nature of these difficult patients. However, by restricting the number of sites, you limit the number of surgeries that can be formed and access to them. One of the biggest public misconceptions is that bariatric surgery consistently works in the long term. That's the party line towed by the media and the bariatric centers, celebrities such as Al Roker, Sharon Osbourne, and Star Jones, the the cut-and-run surgeons. But for how long? Virtually everyone loses weight for the first 12 months. But the real story is told after the one-year break point. Up to 33% of the patients gain much, if not all, of their weight back. The stomach can easily restretch to accommodate excessive food intake. In many procedures, the stomach is reduced from the size of a baseball glove to to that of a golf ball. The sensation of hunger is reduced. The feeling of fullness is achieved after smaller portions are consumed. Great, but as mentioned, many of the obese not only eat when they are hungry, the underlying causes of, of obesity, the behaviors of reward and stress are not even remotely alleviated by these procedures and not addressed by most patients or doctors and the procedure 
doesn't prevent you from drinking your calories, which will bring you back to your initial weight even faster. These patients need long-term psychotherapy in addition to surgery. The point is that the bariatric surgery is an adjunct to dietary and environmental changes and not the magic scalpel. And I think I'm going to stop there for today. Um, Tomorrow we will have Frank up. I'll be back on Thursday and we'll have Victoria up on Friday. I want to wish you a wonderful day to get out there and get in your 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise and really have a wonderful day. At the top of the hour, if you're looking to build a new skin business, if you go to Facebook, One Team Global Live, one of our leaders will be sharing information on how to build your new skin business. With that, I'm going to take us off mute so we can say goodbye to each other. So that was that was kind of interesting and gets into the wares and why wares why some of some of these other things won't work as well as that lifestyle change. <laughs> That's really interesting. You know, um, I, from what I understand, with the bariatric bariatric surgery, you can't absorb your vitamins either. You know, afterwards, it's. You have to be really careful to um, use your vitamins and, um, you know, make sure you're getting that in your system. Hmm. You know, I wonder if that's why New Skin came out with the elements so that you can put it in water and absorb it that way. I don't, I don't know. I, have, I, I think that um, my son-in-law said the worst thing about the bariatric surgery is that you don't absorb your vitamins, you know, and your nutrients. Yeah. Well, and that's because you're not eating real, well, you're eating real, might be eating real food, but the quantities are so greatly reduced that it's going to be difficult. So I can see why, why vitamins would be definitely crucial in that case. Well, with that being said, I'm going to let everybody go. Hope you guys Thank have you. a great day. And this is the Thank first day you. of February. It's exciting. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to believe we're already we're already in that second month. <laughs> oh God, time marches on. That it does. That it does. You have a great day. I will. You too. Thank you. You're welcome.